This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 23rd of March. In your squiz today, the voice moves forward, China boosts its Pacific ties, the new chatbot around town, and a modern take on a classic. This is your squiz today. Making progress on the Indigenous Voice to Parliament referendum has been a priority in federal parliament this week, Claire. And yesterday, the Albanese government and the coalition agreed on the legislation for how the referendum will be managed later this year. It's called the Machinery Bill, and the two major parties have agreed two changes on it that will bring it more in line with how federal elections are run. And getting the coalition on board will allow the legislation to be passed pretty quick smart. That's important because in the grand scheme of things, a referendum on The Voice isn't that far away. To secure the deal, Labor agreed to one of the coalition's key demands, and that's to provide voters with neutral information pamphlets in the lead up to the vote. But the government didn't agree to funding for separate yes and no campaigns. That's certainly something that coalition leader Peter Dutton has asked for. And it's something that Northern Territory Senator Jacinta Price wants. She sits with the Nationals and she's a very prominent no campaigner. She said yesterday that she would split from her colleagues on this machinery bill if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And on the actual proposal, Dutton continues to call for more details. Reports say that PM Anthony Albanese and the Special Minister of State Don Farrell are keen to get the coalition on board for as many steps along the journey as they possibly can. And that's because they believe it will ultimately help secure the double majority needed to get the voice approved. Listen to you, Alice, with your technical terms like a double (laughs) majority. Uh, What that means is really to the essence of how referendums work in Australia. You need a majority of voters in a majority of states for it to be successful. Uh, As for the progressing of the voice to parliament referendum itself, specific legislation to make it happen needs to go before the parliament. And just on that, the referendum working group, who are the people who are advising the government on the wording of the question and the words that would go into the constitution if it's successful, it meets today to finalise its advice to the government. They say that they're very, very close to nailing it. Yeah. And then the government needs to decide on the ultimate wording. And that will be in a bill that is expected to be introduced to the parliament next week. And despite the deal struck yesterday, the Liberals still haven't decided on an official position of support for the voice proposal. They're due to discuss it at a party room meeting next week. The Nationals, for their part, have already said they don't support it. Claire, we spoke a lot last week about the new AUKUS security deal and the reasoning behind it. And yesterday, China's push to extend its influence in the Pacific took a new turn. 
The Solomon Islands has given a multi-million dollar contract to a Chinese company to upgrade its international port in the capital, Honiara, along with two other domestic wharves. Aussie officials say that they're concerned about the potential for China to use those ports to dock warships, although Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavari maintains that there won't be a Chinese military base in his country. Uh, There's still questions, though, about exactly what sort of presence they might have. The Solomons leader has had a busy week. He's hosted delegates from China from its International Development Agency. He's also had officials from the United States and Japan through. Uh, And those visits really are because democratic nations, particularly when you're looking at the US and Japan, uh, also including Australia, were looking to boost ties with the Solomons after that controversial security deal with China that went through last year. Yeah. And there's been concerns that other Pacific Island nations could also go down that road. Samoa's PM, Fiamme Naomi Mata'afa, has been in Australia this week and she's called for better consequences consultation on regional security matters. Claire, the former UK PM Boris Johnson's been in hot water since the now infamous Partygate scandal. For those who need a quick recap, that was when he and his colleagues held a party in the middle of a strict COVID-19 lockdown. And in the past few hours, he's testified in front of a televised hearing that's looking into whether he deliberately misled Parliament. Yeah, going into that, he admitted that his comments on following COVID rules and guidelines, this is the quote, at all times, were misleading. But he's denying that he made those statements with the intention of misleading the Parliament. London's Metropolitan Police have fined over 100 Downing Street workers for pandemic regulation breaches. That includes drinking at gatherings during lockdowns. And Johnson, who resigned as the nation's leader last July, was one of those to cop one of those fines. The committee's early comments going into this investigation was that they thought that the evidence strongly suggested that breaches of those lockdowns restrictions should have been obvious to Boris Johnson at the time that he was at those gatherings. Johnson says he wasn't aware that he was in the wrong at any time. And Claire, the committee won't give its final report for at least a month, but the sanctions against Johnson could go from an apology through to a complete suspension from sitting in Parliament. The talk around town has been all about chat GPT for months now, Claire, but we did mention that Google was working on a rival AI chatbot, which they called Bard, and it's finally here. It is. It's only to a specific number of users in the United States and the United Kingdom at this stage, but they say that all going well, things will be rolled out a little bit more broadly. Uh, Google says that Bard is currently focused on providing assistance for specific tasks things like essay writing, uh, also meal suggestions based on the content of your fridge. And that's quite different to ChatGPT, Mm. which gives very human-like responses to different user prompts. They're quite different products, but Google really does have an ambitious plan to expand into other countries and other languages. Yeah. Last month was a good example of how it hasn't always worked out for Google, though. 
Bard gave a wrong answer to a question and it caused Google's parent company Alphabet stock to drop by 7.7% or about 100 billion US dollars. So I'm sure they'll be very keen to iron out any issues before they expand it around the world. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. Speaking of tech advances, Claire, I think we were both a bit dubious about this one, but it seems like it is a thing. The engineers at Columbia University have developed a method to make fully baked desserts with 3D print machines. Well, the reason for the scepticism, I think, Alice, between you and me was that you don't want to muck around with formulas for baked desserts. (laughs) They're very serious things. But some scientists at that university have tested out some technology with a recipe for a seven-ingredient vegan cheesecake. They use lasers as well as that 3D printing machine technology to assemble and to cook the dessert and someone on the team might have a hankering for cheesecake but really what the experiment was about was trying to develop more practical uses for 3D printing in assembling food and what they worked out is when you add a laser it's a really important development because of course desserts need a bit of cooking and so many other food items do too so might sound like sucking the joy out of baked goods but Uh, What it can do is quite precise and what they were talking about is think about a cheesecake, every slice could be customised to have a different flavour and texture. Yeah, Dr Jonathan Blitinger says localising flavours is a really cool part of the printing process. That means every bite is different and that does sound really cool. But Claire, the photos of this cake don't quite compare to my go-to Jamie Oliver cheesecake, so I think the scientists might need to hit up a chef for some presentation tips. Alice, I'm going your (laughs) cheesecake every day of the week. It's Thursday, Claire, and that means the latest Squeeze Shortcuts is out. It is. Kate and I tackled the New South Wales election, which is on Saturday. Uh, there's quite a few issues around for our most popular state, and because of its size, it really means that they are national issues. So we go through that, and it's tipped to be a pretty close one. So it's really great for those of us who like our politics content. And that wraps us up today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.